Okay, Bible and Daily Lifers, here we are. We are going through the New Testament in a year. We are in Mark chapter 7. And we're going to be on a topic that runs through the whole of Scripture. The, the first time that it shows up real strong is when King David, Israel's beloved king that God chose, is chosen. And this prophet comes to find uh, the king, comes to find David. And David has some other brothers. And so he goes to the family because he knows that that's the family. And dad brings out the boys and he shows him one boy. And he's like, no, it's not that one. No, it's not that one. And it goes all the way through the brothers. And he's like, no, you know, it's not any of these. I don't get it. Which one is it? And he said, don't you have any other sons? And he says, oh, yeah, you know, I've got a kid. He's out in the field right now watching the sheep. And he said, well, why don't you bring him in? And the upshot of all of that is, that the, the way that it's phrased afterwards is that God does not look on the outward appearance, but looks at the heart. God looks not at the outward appearance, but looks at the heart. What do we look at? We look at the outward appearance. <laughs> it's amazing how we can uh, tell whether something is good or bad just by the outward appearance. Well, it's deceptive. I am still a sucker to buy brand name medicines rather than to buy the generic one. And I have sat in the drugstore and I have compared those two things and looked at them, looked at them and compared the ingredients and they're exactly the same. But the packaging, the packaging and the advertising of the other one, I sometimes I just buy the one just because of the packaging. And so it's not the outside, it's the inside. So, let's read it. Chapter 7, verse 1, Mark. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law had come from Jerusalem and gathered around Jesus. Now, they've come all the way from Jerusalem. This is quite the journey. And they had to walk there. There's really no other way to do it. I suppose they could use some beasts of burden to bring them a little bit away. But it's, uh, it's quite the it's quite the distance. So they're going way out of their way to come and see Jesus. And they saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. And there's a parenthesis. The Pharisees and all the Jews don't eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing. Wash your hands ceremonially, holding to the tradition of the elders. This is what's been passed on to them from their fathers and their grandfathers. And when they come to the marketplace, that's important. When they come to the marketplace, they, don't not, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washings of cups and pitchers and kettles. Now, why did they do this? Well, the tradition of the elders is why they did it. Now, they're not doing it for sanitary reasons or health reasons. That's not what's going on here. They did not like to have any contact with Gentiles, people who were not like them. Uh, Gentiles just means the rest of the nations. So there's the Hebrew people, there's the Jewish people, and then there's the rest of the nations. Well, they, they didn't like to have any contact with them. And when you go to the marketplace, the marketplace can be quite dusty. There's dust you know, coming up all over the place. And you want to make sure when you get home, you get the dust off of your food and off of everything else. Of course, you want to make sure that you do that. But for their reason was because they did not want the dust of a Gentile on their pots, on their cups, on their plates, 
on their food. They didn't want anything to do with Gentiles. And so they would wash the Gentiles off of them. Okay. Well, verse 5, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with their hands defiled? How come... How come you guys don't do this? Well, Jesus wasn't afraid of the Gentiles. Jesus was going to be the savior of the Gentiles. But he says this. He said Isaiah was right. Now, Isaiah is the prophet in the Old Testament. He's a messianic prophet. He has a lot to say about Jesus. And he had a lot to say about the nation of Israel. And he said Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites as it's written. Imagine Jesus said you guys are hypocrites and Isaiah wrote about you. And this is what the prophet said about you. It said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So they would honor God with their lips, but their hearts really aren't there. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Well, how does God want to be worshipped? Well, Jesus will address this later on in the Gospel of John when he meets a Samaritan woman and he says, those who worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth because God is God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, these guys just used a lot of rituals, a lot of regulations, a lot of things on the calendar, a lot of checks that you needed to put in the right box. And if you did those things, then that was considered worship. And Jesus is looking for something much more real, much more authentic, much more relational relationship that I have between me and God, God being my Father, instead of just filling out a bunch of rules. <clears throat> so, you have let go of the commandments of God and are holding on to human traditions. So, you're not really doing the law. What was the law when they tried to trap Jesus and said, what's the most important commandment? And Jesus said, simple. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. Love God with everything in you. Love God. Put God first. And he said the second one is just like that. It's to love your neighbor as yourself. And you have taken away loving God and loving people and have replaced it with rules. Like check, wash the plate. Check, wash the cup. Check, wash the hands. Check, you went to the meeting. Check, well, it's <clears throat> not how it works. And he continued. You have a fine way of setting aside the commandments of God in order to observe your own traditions. You actually get rid of the word of God in order to keep your traditions. And for Moses said, honor your father and mother. And anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. Pretty serious stuff living under that theocracy where you needed to honor your mother and father. Very serious stuff. But you say that if anyone declares that what he might have used to help his father or mother is Corbin, that is devoted to God. Then you no longer have you you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. So, you know you have a mom or a dad, and in there there's no social systems to take care of mom and dad. There's no insurance companies. There's no um, <clears throat> social security systems. There's no four hundred one k's. There's none of that. You, you family took care of family, and these religious guys were saying, you know, I'd love to take care of my family, but. You know, it's just all just given to God. I just I just use it for God. Well, a lot of people do those kinds of things. Yeah, you know, giving it to God. Well, give it to your family. Give it to your family. Take care of your family. And to say it's given to God when you won't do it for your family, it just doesn't doesn't float. 
It said, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Therefore, you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you've handed down. And you do a lot of things like that. So these things have been passed down to you from generation to generation. And it's all about loving God and loving people. You can just get rid of all of the religious stuff completely. Just get rid of it all. And love God and love people. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and he said, listen to me. Everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside of a person can defile him by going into him. Rather, it's what comes out of a person that defiles him. So it's not what's going in. It's not the food. It's not the Gentile dust. It's not the, the food things that I'm eating that, that make me a bad human being, that keep me out of relationship with God. That's not it at all. <clears throat> it's what comes out of me. What's in my heart and what comes out? Well, after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples came to him about this parable. <laughs> they think maybe they got it, but they're not sure. You know, did, did we get that right, Jesus? What are you saying? And Jesus said, are you so dull? Do you, do you not get this? Don't you see that nothing that enters into a person from the outside can defile him? It's not those things that defile me. It's not my diet that defiles me. Now, it might defile my body and it might have an effect on my body, but it's not affecting my moral character. It's not affecting my spiritual life. It's not affecting my soul. For it doesn't go into the heart, the core of my being, my emotions, who I am, the seat of my emotion. It doesn't go into that. It doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach and then out the body. Well, you can comment on that yourself, what Jesus is saying. You just you take the food in, the food goes out. And saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean because they had all of these foods that they would eat and they would say, you know, you can't eat this. And, and, and these were declared in the Old Testament. They were designed to keep them separate, to keep them apart. Um, but Jesus is going to get rid of all of those ceremonial laws and all of those things will be fulfilled in him. And he went on and he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For, this, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, these are things in my heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality theft, murder, and these can be done in our hearts when we murder people in our hearts as well as actually doing adultery in my mind, in my heart, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly, and all these evils come from the inside and defile a person. And so it's what's coming from the inside. It's not those outward things because people look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. And then it goes on and it tells how Jesus uh, heals this Syrophoenician woman who was a Gentile. Would have been surprising that Jesus would heal this Gentile woman, but he does, her daughter. And then how Jesus heals a deaf and a mute man. And the people are amazed that he makes the deaf uh, hear and the mute speak. Now, that's a great miracle speaking because how would you learn all those words? Especially if you were deaf, you weren't hearing them. And so this, that's the miracle, too, is just that the man would start to speak. And so the people are amazed. Mark, again, uh, the gospel of power, that Jesus does all these things, that Jesus is the one that can get it done. Uh, Jesus is the, the incarnation. He is God come to dwell among us. The kingdom of God is here. And Mark is just moving us through in power encounter versus in power encounter, power encounter. So Bible and Daily Life, find us wherever you found us. Find us on YouTube. Find us on iTunes. Find us on BibleandDailyLife.com. Find us on podcasts. Uh, so you already found us, so uh, find us again. So let's make it through the New Testament. It's a blast. 
Love you guys. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved by God. You're loved by God.